Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Higher Education. I'm your host today, Tyler Kern. Thanks so much for joining us for this episode of the podcast brought to you by Catapult Solutions Group. We are thrilled to have you along with us. So today we're talking about hiring in an evolving market. Obviously, the last two years have been interesting and different and challenging years in a lot of different ways when it comes to the job market, and a lot of things have been in flux. And so we're going to talk about how the job market has evolved and some things that you need to know about it in this current climate. So joining me today is Hannah Anderson. She's a managing director at Catapult Solutions Group. Hannah, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining me. Awesome. Thanks, Tyler. We're excited to be here. I'm excited to have you on. And we are also joined today by Chris Lester. He's the chief revenue officer at Catapult Solutions Group. Chris, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me, Tyler. It's good to talk to you. It's great to talk to you as well, Chris. Well, I'm really excited about this podcast. I love the energy of the, the podcast already and the uh, the conversation that we're going to have. And so, Hannah, kick us off. Just describe the, the current job market um, and, and what it's like at this current time. Obviously, this has been um, a really crazy two years. So talk to us a little bit about the current climate in the job market. Yes, Tyler, I think you hit it right on the head. Crazy is definitely accurate in the current climate. <laughs> um, you know, for the past two years, it's been a lot of readjustment. I've been in, you know, the staffing and solutions business for the past seven years and the past two years have by far been the craziest. Um, it's definitely a candidate driven market. I mean, we are seeing obviously remote work becoming a huge factor in decision-making process and clients are just trying to fight for talent because essentially in the past what used to happen is you used to kind of fish in your pond, fish in your city, but whenever all of COVID happened, it went, took everything remote, which means now you're competing against every company in the continental 50 states, right? And then after that, you are fighting for talent for money and benefits and all of this stuff. So your candidate pool got better, bigger, but so did your competition. So it has definitely been a challenge. Chris, any follow-up to, to Hannah's comments? Uh, she she said some really great stuff there just about uh, remote work and some of the changes and, and what that's brought about over the last couple of years. Uh, how would you follow that up? Yeah, no, I mean, uh, crazy is, is one word. There's a lot of other words, uh, challenging. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I've been doing this for 12 years now. Uh, like two weeks ago was my 12-year anniversary in the staffing um, industry. And I will say one of the biggest shifts that we've seen is because there's so much demand and there's truly a war on talent, right? It's, it's this joke, but people call it a war on talent. It's companies are having to rework their game plan and, hey, how do we hire people? How, how do we fix our processes? Because, you know, we educate our customers and partners all the time on, hey, guys, here's what the strategies are in the market. This is what the successful companies are doing. And again, just because they're successful at hiring doesn't mean they're the biggest company on the block or they have the best culture. They've just figured out how to make faster decisions on people that will fit into their environment. Either it's skill or it's their personality and culture fits, right? But they've also invested in technologies to empower their team to um, feel like they can be successful wherever they sit. But, but, you know, it's, it's forcing some companies as well to go, hey, you know what, maybe offshore is really something that we've never looked at before, but we have to, to keep ourselves competitive because just because there's a war on talent doesn't mean that we have more money to go spend, right? And, and what that means is it's really driving prices first in the U.S. up, right? Driving salaries and costs of employing up. And then so, you know, they still have to find how do we get the same throughput or more with the same bucket of money? So, mm -hmm. 
you know, you have to go to places where people don't make as much money as they do here in the United States. So, you know, some companies are looking themselves in the mirrors and figuring out strategies to really get, you know, get out out of the U.S. Man, that's a, that's a really interesting point, Chris. And and like you mentioned, it's the same pool of money that that you're you're going to the market with, right? And and so part of that, Hannah, probably also has to be that you, you have to understand what people are looking for and what people value these days. What, what's your sense on on that? On what candidates are looking for when they are looking for a new company to work for? What what sorts of things are they valuing? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a great question. I mean, I think it's different for every candidate, but there are some consistent, um, you know, decision-making factors that these candidates look for. Um, definitely, you know, being remote or going on site or at least having flexibility. Um, of course, rate, um, you know, like Chris mentioned, it is a war on talent. So if someone's going to pay them twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 more, if rate's important to them, that's where they're going to go. In addition to that, I would say benefits, um, keeping the company culture throughout the remote workforce, which is a challenge in itself, but I definitely think that's important. Um, and then finally, I would say technology. Um, you know, we work with a lot of technology professionals and they look for companies who are doing the latest and greatest in, in, in that industry, as well as latest and greatest versions and stuff like that, looking for that innovation. Um, people are really craving innovation. So I think that is a big factor and whenever they're making decision making you know decision processes moving forward um also interview process because there is a war on talent you have to be fast and you know i think it's um at first it was kind of a misconception you know just like okay yeah we'll get to it but people our clients um people hiring have adapted very quickly because you have to move fast to capture good talent because if not someone else is going to get them hmm. That's a that's a really really great point and and Chris I wanted to follow up on something that Hannah was saying and I wonder if the move to a more remote and flexible workforce has de-emphasized company culture a little bit is that something that you've noticed and if so what are, what are the effects of that Yeah it's it's funny that you ask that I was sitting here thinking while she was talking um, one of the things I don't know if it puts a de-emphasis on company culture as much as they talk about it and don't really have to have it, if that makes sense, right? So, hey, yeah. we'll tell you we have a great culture, but we know with all these remote resources and, and teammates that we don't really have to have a culture because let's be honest, no one's coming to the office. So people are looking in the mirror and going like, what really is culture now, right? We have to rethink our own company's culture. Um, and, and one of the things you know that, that Hannah covered a lot, money, interview process, but I really think where companies should be looking is how do I help my remote workforce feel empowered, but also equal in the ability to get that promotion, right? Because if you think of, if I can look to my right and Charlene is here in the office and I've built a relationship with Charlene over and over and over throughout the years on projects that we work and we can just you know, chat and talk about our children or what's troubling us or the latest Marvel movie, that that bond becomes greater. And, you know, you can count on that person. They think the way you think or or at least understand how you think. Right. That's mm -hmm. <laughs> thinking how I think is not always the best. Right. We want diversity in thought. But really, it's how am I going to let the folks that are remote have the exact same um, benefit to potentially get that role? And you know, and this is really something that I've been starting to have conversations like, how are you going to do that? How are you going to let someone who's not in the office
feel like they actually have a shot at that role um, when they may not just because they don't have the relationship with you. So that's that's one of the things that I really think right now, you know, as far as figuring out your interview processes, I mean, gosh, interview processes have been broken for way, way longer than the pandemic's been upon us. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, uh, you, you know, purple squirrels in, in our world, right? Everybody's looking for a purple squirrel half the time. Um, why? I don't know. I do not know why you would want the purple squirrel anyway. You want, you know, I want a lot of people that get to get, get along well that I can train, right? Yeah. And that they can all figure out our way of doing things, but bring new insight. So I think companies are unfortunately still holding on to the the love of a purple squirrel when they're just not out there. Or you know what? You actually, you can't afford to pay for a purple squirrel anymore. So hmm. please stop asking for them. <laughs> do, do you think that this also, uh, Hannah, I'll come back to you with this, this question first, but do you think that this also, as a result of some of the things you're talking about, Chris, that some of the challenges that that exist around hiring someone remote and then maybe training them and, and then promoting them in the future, do you think that this might um, emphasize a little bit more the importance of um, investing in some creative solutions like upskilling your workforce and providing some continuing education opportunities so that people who have been with the company for a long time can be rewarded with some promotions, maybe that they didn't start off being qualified for, but that you feel like you can help grow them and mold them into future leaders for your company. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, you know, what Chris, you know, brought to the table as far as, as that point, I think that is definitely something that we're going to see play out over the next few years, right? Um, to see if that, you know, if that does, you know, add weight to who gets promoted, who does not get promoted. But yes, I think continuing to upskill and pour into those employees is going to be a huge thing that companies can do to not only help with retention, of course, um, but also to help them get to that next level in their career. Because to Chris's point, you know, if you're sitting next to somebody every day, you see what they do, you hear what they do, you know what they can do, you know how coachable they are versus, having a Teams call or, you know, exchanging Slack messages or stuff like that, I think it's hard to build out that character for someone um, to see what work ethic they can bring to the table for that next step in their career. Um, now, of course, you know, to, to, to Chris's point, point you're going to uncover, you know, the unicorns of the group who kind of stand out being remote anyway, and that could be the exception. But I think as a whole, Chris is exactly right. I think it's going to be challenging for the people who maybe started at a new company during the pandemic to get to that next level in their career when they don't have those internal relationships. Mm. That's a great point. Chris, uh, any follow-up to, to Hannah's comments? Well, yeah. I, I mean, I think Really, one of the things think about, right, she mentioned retention and loyalty. Like, think about Tyler, the the when was the first time or the last time somebody took a chance on you? Maybe you weren't the perfect fit for the job, but somebody took a chance on you, saw potential in you, not because of the job you had done, but just who you were and what you could bring to the table. And maybe your tenacity to learn as fast as you could, you know, just be a sponge and then just pour into your work product, right? Mm -hmm. When mm -hmm. those people are given those opportunities in the right environment, right? It still has to be the right environment for you. But when they're given those opportunities in the right environment, they come in and they start setting a new standard for what your team can look like. And it starts opening up your ability to go hire different types of people 
and your culture starts realizing like, man, we are more accepting than maybe I ever thought we were, right? But it's because we took a chance on somebody and they still met the criteria of work hard, you know, smart, does what what is needed to do to execute the job, goes above and beyond when they can, right? Those are really the things that I think companies should look for. Now, if you're looking for a senior you know, Java developer, right? You want somebody that's done it before. But maybe if there's a mid-level person out there that's just hungry, tenacious, they do it in their off time, right? Whatever it is, they they have fun with it, then that's really what you want to start investing into your environment because it gets out of the way of this is how we do it. Um, and it's like, this is how we're going to do it now. Hmm. I like that. I, I like that a lot. I think that's that's a great response. I, I want to swing us back around to talk a little bit more about the, the role that recruiters can play in helping to fill some of these positions and some of these roles. Uh, Hannah, detail a little bit more for us just how recruiters can help companies and, and come alongside companies to reach more clients in effective but also efficient ways. Because as Chris was talking about, the, the interview process, you know, you got to be quick. You got to be fast these days. So tell us a little bit more about the role that recruiters can play in that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the biggest thing is just being a partner to, um, you know, the clients that we work with and the companies that we work with. We speak to hundreds of people every day, right? So we have a really good pulse on what that market looks like for any specific skill set, right? So it is a huge pool of candidates that we deal with, that we deal with, and we gather data throughout that time, right? So basically say a client gives us a job description, they give us, you know, a targeted rate, targeted conversion. We go, you know, searching, right? That's what we do. Um, During that time, we talk to 10, 20, 30, you know, 40 candidates. And sometimes the rate's an issue. Sometimes the skill set is a kind of a laundry list or the job description is a laundry list of things that they're looking for. And sometimes it's helping the client kind of comb down exactly what they need. You know, what we do with our clients is we really understand the initiative. We understand the purpose of the position because if we understand the purpose of the position, we can help solve the problem and not just find a person who can fill the seat. Right. Hmm. That's not, that's not what it's about. Um, it's about, putting the the correct person both culturally and skill set and mindset and drive into that role to help them fill that need. And I think that's what recruiters can do um, amongst many other things that will help us help our clients fill that need or fill that, that the seeking for talent. Right. And, you know, one of the other things that, that strikes me about this, Chris, is that the interview process and how a company goes about that is the first touch point that many of these candidates are going to have with this company. Right. And they, they potentially might end up working for them. And so that there's, uh, I, I guess, maybe some emphasis and some weight behind this interview and the hiring process, because that is a, a lot of times the first impression that people are getting of you. Yeah, it, it definitely is. But I, I think, you know, oddly enough, there's still people that are having challenge with some of these video platforms and things like this. But I think some of the stuff that even um, managers or companies that are trying to hire can do is maybe to your point, create a quick little three minute video of who I am, what my team's about and what the project we're is we're going to talk about. So then I don't have to spend 20 minutes on the front end of your interview talking about that. You're already on the same page and we can start with, hey, from the video you saw, what questions do you maybe have, right? Mm -hmm. And then you're already going to learn, is this a person that invests in 
whatever they're going to be doing. Hey, did they even watch the video? If they didn't, well, that's probably already a sign, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe they're not interested in it or whatever. But I think there's definitely little tricks that companies can do. But really, I think to help recruiters, recruiters want to get involved in the process. Of course, if you can know the initiative, like that's the game changer, truly be able to explain to candidates what they're going to be walking into, what the environment is, what the culture is like. Hey, you're going to sit next to Sally when you get in the office. This would be your cube, that type of stuff. Right. So they, the recruiters are very informed. But if you get involved early in the process, you can potentially coach your customer on actually what market rates look like, what the candidate pool actually looks like. Hey, you're acting like these people are a dime a dozen when they're really a million dollars for one. Right. So I think that's part of it is as if if recruiters can get involved earlier in the process, they can help the clients and their managers make it more informed decision on hiring. And by that, I mean, even the budgeting season. Hey, you know, you're going to hire these people next year. You're going to have these gaps. Did we do analysis on what the market looks like, what those folks actually are going to cost me? Or did I go? Yep, 50,000. That sounds good. Um, you know, so so that's really where I, I think companies have to start looking at recruiters differently and recruiters have to start valuing their worth. You're you're not a headhunter, right? I hate I hate that moniker that we get as headhunters. I've never shot at anyone in my life. So I'm clearly not a headhunter, right? So um, but my thing is is now companies need us more than ever as recruiting and staffing firms or just recruiters internally for your organization. You are needed more than ever. And you've got a war on you getting, you know, people for your internal team. They're fighting internally about like, no, I need them. Mine's, mine's more important. Well, sorry, this person got me involved earlier in the process. And now I feel so comfortable with working with Sam that um, I'm going to go find all the people for Sam because he treats me like an actual partner hmm. opposed to, hey, go do this for me. Right. So I would, I would just empower, empower recruiters, get involved as early as possible and be part of the decision making process. Hey, you need those people. OK, guys, let me go do some market research and tell you how many people are in the market, what they actually are going to cost from a salary expectation or an hourly, you know, what benefits will look like. Right. So. That's really, really what I would add to that. Hannah, from your perspective, what, you know, do you have any examples of what smart companies are doing and what uh, maybe some good examples are of, of how to go about this process? Similar to what Chris was just saying, I think that was full of just some um, incredible advice for what smart and good companies are doing these days. What are some examples of, of people who are doing things the right way? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think a lot of, um, you know, our current partners and clients, they are relying on us and trusting us um, to do the initial steps of the interview process, right? So they know whenever it goes to them, it's serious, it's qualified, it's good to go. And so that has helped speed up the process a lot for the, for the clients. Um, we are seeing that speed up the price, you know, process almost double essentially, right? So we take all of that off of their plate. Obviously, naturally working with a staffing firm or an agency or anything like that, any capacity, it's saving them so much time. That is why we exist. <laughs> Hiring is a full-time job. 
And so if we can alleviate any of that, we do, right? So it's about finding a staffing partner that you trust, that you want to work with, to Chris's point, that treats you like a partner who values you and who's going to, you know, be honest with you and tell you the market data and stuff like that. They're not just going to tell you yes, um, as much as that, you know, they want to, right? It's just, it's just painting that picture of what the reality of that market is. Hmm. Um, so I think that that is a huge thing. Additionally, companies are getting really creative as far as retaining that talent, you know, offering additional PTO, sign on bonuses, all of that stuff kind of goes into it. But if the candidate interview process is not good, they're not going to select that, that, that client, right? It's about making that experience obviously efficient, but enjoyable and capturing the attention of that candidate who could be interviewing at 10 to 20 different places. Hmm. That's a, that's a really good point. Uh, Chris, any other key differentiators for, for clients and for companies that are doing this well right now? Um, I, I w- honestly, I think speed to market's really what's winning these days. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some of the great things that you see that some of our top customers are doing is that they really trust their recruiters. And I'm going to take recruiters as a whole, whether it's us agency or it is internal, you know, corporate recruiters, right? We're all on the same team. At the end of the day, our goal is to give you somebody that you feel can help execute your initiatives, right? But I think just what if you gave that person, you said, hey, guys, you have one chance. Our job is to find you the right person. And if I know that I only have one chance with you to make this look good, how much harder do you think I'm going to vet people than really, you know, well, hey, they're going to give me 90 chances. I'm just going to start throwing people to them and see. Right. And I think that's really where the breakdown um, from recruiting to the hiring managers happens because, you know, Hiring managers are used to people just slinging them over the fence. Recruiters are used to not getting information to really know the expectations to give the information. So they don't mind slinging people, right? Opposed to, you know what, before we move forward, I need to know the process because whether I'm working with an internal recruiter or a recruiting agency, the more they know about our process and can prepare candidates on the front end, That is part of the interview experience, right? Even though you have not talked to them as a candidate yet, that is still part of their experience because they are interviewing with us or they're interviewing with the corporate recruiter to understand what are the expectations? What am I going to get? It's it's almost the nail in the coffin when we go, hey, they really liked you, but there's actually another step. And they're like, well, wait, what? Sorry, this company over here. They just interviewed me. It was the last interview. They said, I'm going to get an offer this afternoon, right? How do you compete with that? It's yeah. the people that if, when you find talent, you jump on talent. That's just, those are the people that are winning. Excellent, excellent points. And I think really, really well said uh, from both of you. And so before we wrap up this conversation today, which I think has been really informative and a really, really great conversation, I want to give both of you the opportunity uh, just to give us any final thoughts that you have here today, anything that you want to leave our listeners and viewers with. So Hannah, let me kick it to you first, just for any final thoughts, anything you want to leave uh, leave the uh, the audience with here today? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, at the end of the day, the market is hot. <laughs> um, talent is definitely, if you find good talent, definitely act on it. Um, it de- you know, good talent can be from a culture perspective, skill set wise, take a chance on people to Chris's comment earlier. Don't be afraid to train. 
find people who want to work hard, who are excited about your initiatives and, and act on it quickly. Yeah, Chris, any final yeah. thoughts? Yeah, yeah, I've, I've actually got, I, I'll sum it up in one final thought, uh, Tyler. It's remember what it was like to be a candidate. Mm. I don't think businesses or managers or hiring managers always take into account what it was like to be a candidate when they needed a job because they've got a job, right? So provide them the experience that you would have wanted. If they ask a lot of questions, answer a lot of questions, right? Give them the experience and the respect you would have wanted because they're taking time. And these days, they're definitely taking time away from another job that they already have because there is zero unemployment. Um, I know the, the things will tell differently, but there's really zero unemployment of top talent. Um, so just give them the experience you would want and remember what it was like to be a candidate. Excellent, excellent stuff and great advice here on the show today. Hannah Anderson and Chris Lester, y'all, thank you so much for joining me here on the podcast and sharing your expertise, especially uh, as we discuss uh, the hiring market right now in this time of flux. It's been, a, it's been a great conversation and an awesome time having you guys on. Thanks for having us, Tyler. Yeah, thanks, Tyler. It was a pleasure. Absolutely. And everyone, thank you for tuning into another episode of Higher Education. We appreciate it very much. Of course, for more episodes, you should subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts these days. Make sure to go subscribe to the podcast to stay up to date. Of course, you can also go to the Catapult Solutions Group website as well to stay up to date with the latest in thought leadership and expertise from them there. And stay tuned. We'll be back soon with more episodes of the show. But from my guests today, Hannah Anderson and Chris Lester, I've been your host, Tyler Kern. Thanks for joining us.